hello, my friends. Welcome back. Today on the podcast, we have a little bit of a juicy one. (laughs) I was actually going through life, going about my business, and um, came across somebody in a public setting that um, came up to me and was just like, hey, uh, I know you got divorced, so I didn't know if you wanted me to say that out loud or if um, if you wanted to keep that a secret or if you want me to use your, which name you want me to use, your married name or, or your maiden name or what's okay with you, or I just want to make sure you're comfortable. And um, I appreciated the question, but I realized that there is a lot of stigma around divorce, a lot of stigma around um what people think it means, the shame, the doubt that people think that automatically comes with it. And I wanted to share how that hasn't been my experience. Um, So on this podcast, we're going to talk about why I got divorced um, and my divorce journey. But I think before we do that, I need to talk about why I got married. So that's this episode today. Get ready. <laughs> so, um, why did I get married? Um, and just so y'all know, I, uh, <laughs> I don't use notes. I'm not really a notes person. I just come and talk to y'all of whatever on my heart and my brain. So you're getting straight stream of consciousness. <laughs> so just thinking back, why did I get married and trying to figure out where to start with that? think it has to start with growing up and um, not only from family, but also from society, just the idea that you needed a man, you needed a partner to be complete. Um, Like, yes, I was always encouraged to chase my dreams. I was always encouraged to go after what I wanted. I was always encouraged to um, make money, be a leader and all those things. But it always had the caveat that get married and have babies like your life isn't complete unless you do that like you like a partner is what makes you whole a partner is what makes life worth living a partner makes everything better. And that's kind of the messaging that I got growing up, even from media. Disney, like that's literally damsels in distress waiting on a man to come and save them they've definitely gotten better in recent years. I, um, I still love, I still love Disney. I still love cartoons. I have a Disney plus account and yes, I still watch it regularly. So yeah, they have gotten better, but the messaging has been, you need a man, you need a partner, you need somebody else. Um, and even growing up, I'd hear my mom say, and her side of the family say like, you know, you should walk like this to attract somebody. You should um, have your hair like this. You all should, you should always be put together, all well, always well presented because you never know when you might meet that person. Um, And always just like steering and preparing for a relationship. So yeah, clearly it was heavy, heavy on my mind all the time. And as a kid, I was super awkward, actually, you know, still awkward. Um, But in a way I didn't embrace it. Um, I was not very social and I was a super tomboy. So 
my relationship with guys was always a friendship and never more than that. So that uh, definitely provided a lot of insecurity for me. Um, but I would always, you know, fantasize about a relationship and, oh, like, it must be so nice to have a boyfriend and somebody who would write notes to me and, um, you know, come to my basketball games or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that desire stayed with me um, through high school, through college, through adulthood of just uh, trying to find somebody and needing somebody to, to make basically make life worth living. So ultimately when I got to college, um, that's when I thought, okay, yeah, this is going to be when I make it. This is when I be, I finally find my partner. And of course, you know, I wasn't trying to date just to date. I was trying to find me a husband, you know, whoever, whoever was it, they were going to be it for life. You know, I was completely of the mentality of a ride or die. Um, didn't know what I was getting into, but you know, whatever it was, we were going to make it through it. Cause that's what people in relationships do. That's what you do when you love somebody. And that's what you do when you want to be in a relationship. So, um, that's what I set out to find. And I, um, of course was in college exploring around lots of people. There were not looking to get married. And I found myself in a lot of situationships because I thought that that's all I could get or that's all I deserved or I was getting some kind of attention so that was enough and um you know clearly it wasn't clearly that came with a lot of drama in it of itself but maybe we'll save that for another podcast day But yeah, as I was going through these experiences and putting like my whole heart into these people that weren't even trying to really receive it, um, I was just, you know, getting more and more desperate just to find my person or who I thought would be my person. So when I met my ex, um, I actually didn't initially gravitate towards him like that. Like, oh, like, he's going to be my guy. I was actually super intimidated by him. Like, oh my God, like he has his shit together. Like um, he was in the military. So he wasn't just like, you know, a regular college kid. He had, he had his shit together. Um, He had his own money. He had his own, he like, he was really good at time management. He was really good at like talking to people and showing up and just like being a regular human. Like, honestly, as I say this out loud, the bar was low, (laughs) but um but yeah, I was intimidated by him. And so when we started talking, I didn't really think about it going long-term or think about it going anywhere, but um, that did give us time to kind of build a friendship and build on top of that and um, eventually decide that we were dating and we were exclusive. And um, in the beginning, it was great. Like, we couldn't get enough of each other. We always wanted to be around each other. Sex was fucking incredible. Um, We were just like, it just worked. It made sense. And it was like the first relationship that I had, like, oh my God, I found my person. This is it. And just kind of with the, um, the conditioning and the expectations that I had, I just kept that mentality that, yo, this is it. This is what I'm going for. This is what, this is what dreams are made of. Like, 
I found my college sweetheart. Like it was like a totally cute story. Like he's my roommate's cousin. And I met him at her birthday party when I went home with her um, to her hometown and um, just met him at a family barbecue and, um, you know, classic, make make movies off these storylines type shit. So I was like, yeah, going for it. And uh, I was the first one just to say, I love you. And when I told him I loved him, he told me that he would marry me. So yeah, he told me that he would marry me before he even told me that he loved me. And at the time I was like, wow, like that's so admirable. Like he knows what he wants and he wants me. And that's, that's what I need. Somebody who knows that they want me. So I... I believed him and I doubled down and I was like, yeah, like this is my husband. Like he had always referred to me, like, this is my wife. And granted, he said, I love you pretty shortly after that. Um, but, um, he would always introduce me like not as his girlfriend, but as his wife, his future wife. And, um, I just like really solidified that this is it. This is it forever. This is like, no matter what we're together and like it's decided just because we said that one day we would get married. I was like, yeah, that's the plan. It's written in stone. Can't change it. So um, that's how I was operating. And as we proceeded in our relationship and of course, you know, things come up, fights happen, um, disagreements happen and all those things that are natural in a relationship. I didn't really pay attention to them because I was like, well, it doesn't matter. Like we're made for each other. We're going to get married. It doesn't, none of this other shit matters. Um, so I wasn't really taking into account what I wanted. I wasn't not, even, not only not taking into account, but not even trying to figure it out. Like not trying to say like, this is what I want in a relationship, or this is what I don't want in a relationship is more. I was just in a place where I was just accepting everything that it, that it was because honestly, I think I was just happy to have a relationship to just have somebody. Um, so I was like, yeah, this is what it, this is what it takes to be in a relationship is to just deal. Um, which spoiler, not a good idea. Um, <laughs> not for the long haul, but, um, but yeah, I never really advocated for what I wanted. I never really tried to correct behavior or try to like, um, manage or mitigate or fix it was more just like oh god okay that was bad we survived it it'll make us stronger that's what we're here for we and we could just build on top of all of these but it wasn't it wasn't a good foundation to build off of and without the conversations without the um advocating without the actually trying to fix our issues, they really just compiled on top of each other and got worse and worse. But um, I was dedicated, like I was dedicated to this vision that we were supposed to be together forever. We're supposed to get married. This is our life. This is, this is it. So um, I followed suit. And as things kept getting worse and worse, um, I still hold, held on to that North star and, um, honestly, without getting into too much of the details, cause they're not that relevant, but I, um, I let so much slide more than 
I was willing to, or not, not more than I was willing to, but more than I wanted to, more than I thought that I should. Yeah, more than I thought that I should, but it was still, I still had the voice in my head like, oh, this is what it takes. Like, this is what love is. It's, it's hard. It's not supposed to be easy. It's, it's challenging. You do whatever it takes for the person you love. You, you let them be them and you deal. And honestly, a lot of the stuff that I saw in my parents' relationships, other family relationships, um, was playing out in my relationship in ways that I really didn't even understand at the time, but that, um, one person was the, the kind of firecracker, the go-getter, the, um, the one that's been through the things and that you have sympathy for. And the other person was the fixer, the, um, the mediator, the enabler, the, the everything. And then, and that became my role, the fixer to the point where I was always trying to fix things, always trying to mitigate things, always trying to make sure he was happy, always trying to, um, take care of myself and him and know to the point that he didn't have the capacity to take care of me um, because of everything that he was going through and just letting that being okay. And again, grinning and bearing it and putting everything that I needed, I wanted would make me feel safe, comforted, secure, and actually happy in the relationship. I just kept stuffing it down and saying like, if I believe in him, if I trust him, if I help him, then eventually he'll be that guy and he'll be that guy again. Um, I did fall in love with one person and, you know, as people grow, as people change, as things happen, that changed. And I, um, I kept, and I mean, I changed too, of course, but I kept that idea of who he was and kept it as something that I needed to keep going back to like something that like I know he has this potential because I've seen it before and I'm just holding this belief and holding this space and holding this hope that he'll eventually become that person again and all I have to do is give him everything I have um, to make sure that he can get there which of course not how that works but um but yeah, I was trying it anyway. So I, um, I really gave him everything I had. I really was losing myself in trying to keep the relationship. And I just kept the, the marriage as the North Star. So um, when we got engaged, I was over the moon, like, oh my God, it's finally happening. This is what I've been working towards. This is what... Um, this is what dreams are made of, you know, this is, this is that. And, um, you know, a ring didn't change anything. It was just more of the same, but I still kept my belief that marriage, marriage was going to be the thing that, that did it. Like marriage was going to be the thing, like he's going to see I'm committed to him for the long haul for forever. Like that's what it's going to take for him to, you know, have the confidence and the strength to get his shit together and get the help he needs. And, all this kinds of stuff. And yeah, I just, I just kept that belief. So kept going, kept pushing things down, kept letting things slide, kept making excuses, kept um, pushing away prying eyes. And 
um, telling everybody everything's great, everything's fine, we're awesome, we're, we're getting there, knowing like that wasn't really the case and um, still following suit. So then uh, we moved from Alabama to Seattle for one of my jobs. And I really thought, again, like we both thought like this is gonna be a fresh start. This is gonna be everything. This is where we're gonna get married. This is where our life is gonna begin. This is where we're gonna have our first kid. This is what, like we were dreaming, right? Um, and then we get to Seattle and you know, the dream doesn't work out like that. And pretty shortly after we moved, um, 2020 happened, the pandemic happened. And we um, were quarantined together, our wedding plans were canceled. And even when that happened, I didn't take it as a sign. I was like, you know what? Nothing's gonna stop us. Nothing's gonna stop me from getting this, this wedding that I want. We're still gonna make it happen. Um, so we decided to elope in the mountains. Um, it was actually such a beautiful ceremony. We hiked um, through like Port Angeles, Washington, which is like right on the border of Canada with these like gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous views. Um, and we went out there and had our little photo shoot and had our day with the um, officiant, exchange fouls. Like it was honestly really nice. Um, other than the fact that my dog literally jumped off a cliff earlier that day. And because um, uh, where we were staying in the Airbnb, like, yo, this is a real side story. But yeah, where we were staying in the Airbnb um, had, it was it was honestly so gorgeous. I need to find pictures of it and post them somewhere. But um, it was like out on this cliff and you're overlooking these mountains and this, these trees and just, it's just gorgeous. And they have this drop off and they have a main house and kind of like a carriage house. And that the carriage house is what was open for the Airbnb. And they have their own dogs and they were super friendly. And they're like, Yo, if, um, you have a dog, bring them out and our dogs can play together and everything's all great. So um, our dogs were playing and then all of a sudden we can't find Rocky. We don't see him. We see the other two, but Rocky's nowhere to be found. And um, one of the other dogs is like, like literally legit trying to get our attention, like just barking at us and like, yo, come over here. Um, so I go over there and the dog is just barking off the cliff. And what I didn't realize is that they had the invisible fence collars. Like they, they had those collars that kept them within a certain parameter. And my little Rocky didn't have one. And they also had a cat, which my little Rocky is very, very obsessed with um, and always has to chase, even though he's He's not aggressive. He doesn't want to do anything with them. He literally just wants to see them. But of course, a cat being a cat, it's always going to run from a dog it doesn't know. So it just creates this, this huge cat and mouse game for better, for lack of better words. Well, anyway, come to find that my dog literally jumped off a fucking cliff trying to chase a cat. And this other dog, Kona, I will always love Kona was getting our attention to point exactly to where Rocky was. And, um, and so we could save him. So my ex, he literally actually like went down, like, I don't know, propelled down um, this, the side of this cliff. 
and got our dog. Like, um, he put him under his arm and like halfway pushed him up to me. It was like kind of like a 10 foot drop. So then I like reached down and like we had the rope from these owners and like literally scraped to get him like back up this cliff. And then um, he came up too. And so I was just like, oh my God, yeah, this is the guy. He literally like jumps off cliffs to save my baby. Like, of course, like this is, this is destiny. So, um, so yeah, I just used it as more evidence to why um, he was my person and we should get married. And um, he's not a bad person at all. He just, I mean, now in hindsight, you know, look at the past with rose colored glasses. He wasn't my person, but I was so committed to the idea of it and so committed to believing it that I used everything as a reason to believe that this was it, this was the forever thing. So yeah, we we got married and nothing changed. It was kind of still the same relationship, still the same problems, still the same insecurities, still everything going on the same. And that's when I started to really, really, truly do the work on myself. Um, I had got into coaching a, a little bit before we got married um, a little bit before 2020. And I, I loved it. I found the tools so helpful and I was doing things that, um, that helped me be the person for myself that I was looking for him to be, um, create those feelings of safety and love and security for myself to the point where, like just understanding where like I didn't need him to do anything specific or say anything specific in order for me to feel those ways. And I was just able to create it for myself. Um, so I was finding that more and more. And then when we got married, I was just like, all right, yeah, this is, this is it. This is the thing that's going to make him switch. This is anything that's going to make him take that responsibility and save me and protect me and be the person that I need. And um, that day didn't really come. So that leads me into why I got divorced, but we are saving that for next week on the podcast. So tune back in for why I got divorced. Uh-huh.